1: Great to be back with you, folks. We continue on. Dan Burke is with me again. And I want you to know, as Dan and I continue on, words of the day, things of that nature. But good morning, Dan. Thanks for being back.
2: Yes, sir. Good to be back. Yeah.
1: So just so you guys know, we're, we're doing this long-distance communication, as we did with Stephanie. So Dan is actually in western Tennessee somewhere. And I'm, uh, I'm coming to you today from South Carolina. As we look at these words of the day, Dan, so there's one thing I've learned And, uh, uh, one thing I've learned along the way, if I want to find out why somebody has PTSD, I need to know the trauma they experienced. If I'm helping people who are married, who somehow, uh, come up against each other, I need to know the trauma that caused all that. What's bringing this to be. It seems to me that every time I deal with something or somebody or, uh, some issue, uh, the best thing I can do is exactly what Dan said a couple episodes ago, is stop. Make sure I have all the facts. We always have an information sheet. That's why Dan said, Doug, you know what I'm talking about here. We get everything we can, and we try to get it from more people. We try to pray through things. We, we want God to clearly show us things as we go through biblical consulate biblical consulate is the only consulate that comes with the Holy Spirit of God, which is pretty cool, but we always go backwards, Dan. We always are always in my mind. I'm always looking for the trauma. What brought these people here today? What was it? and the same thing happens with PTSD. In order to get PTSD, we've witnessed a murder, we've been molested, we've been raped, we've we've uh, seen ongoing abuse. 911 operators is a big group of people I'm now dealing with, just prolonged over and over again, uh, dealing with people and things of that nature. So uh, I'm so glad that we got a God that knows that, you know, my life is a over there in Psalm 34, 6, this poor man cried, and the Lord heard me and saved me out of all my troubles. And we could replace that um, out of all my traumas. And then over there in first 5, 7, that we cast all our care upon him that careth for us. And uh, over in Psalm 107, I love that. Then they that cried unto the Lord in verse 13, in their trouble, and uh, he saved them out of their distresses. He brought them out of darkness in the shadow of death and break their uh, bands asunder. On the man would praise Lord for his goodness and the wonderful works to the children of men. For he hath broken the gates of brass and cut the bars of iron asunder. Boy, he takes us from that bondage. He takes us from darkness. You know, God finds us, uh, and he saves us. He, we're not lost. So God knows where we're at. He allows us to accept him right where we're at. And and But he doesn't leave us there, Dan. He doesn't leave us stuck in these traumas. He He doesn't leave us caught in these things. I mean, what are you thinking, Dan? When you think of trauma, what comes to your mind?
2: Well, you said something when you began that uh, there's a, a variety of different things that can cause a person trauma, and what may cause one person trauma doesn't cause another person uh, trauma. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, one of the first things, that, uh, again, as you mentioned, is that, that we, uh, I'll frequently go into a counseling uh, situation where I'm going to be counseling a person over weeks and months, and and I'll tell them the first first time or two that we meet, you're going to walk out of here saying, boy, he didn't help me much because my intent, my purpose is not to help you. I want to understand your situation as best I can. I'm never going to sit there and say, oh, Doug, I know what that was like in in, uh, uh, in battle uh, because I haven't been there, but I can listen and, and sympathize and empathize and to the point to where I I understand, because the problem is if you don't spend time, uh, if you wanna use this term to diagnose the problem accurately, then you can't go to God's word and find the solution. That would be like you taking your car in and saying, my car is not running right. And the mechanic without even looking at your car says, oh, here's what you need. You'd say, get out of here. I'm not paying you to fix this. And so the first thing we have to do is we have to understand what the issue is, exactly. what the diagnosis is, and then God's word is sufficient. Uh, in second Timothy three sixteen and 17, it says, All scriptures given by inspiration, it's God breathed uh, of God, and it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, instruction, and in righteousness. Why? That the man of God might be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. So God's word is sufficient to give us what we need to deal with our trauma. If we first take the time to properly, I hate to use the term diagnose because it sounds so clinical, but but to identify the source of the problem. And then we can go to God's word and find out what God has to say about that. But let me say one other thing that oftentimes when a person has recently experienced this trauma, um it, it's kind of like the book of Job. You don't want to run in and start telling people, well, here's what you need to do to fix that. Yeah. Uh, we all know? have friends it, who want to do that, but we don't yeah. want to do that. Yeah. And his his friends, I think it's interesting because in the book of Job we read that his three friends came and for a week they just sat there and listened and prayed and and, and they were there with Job. Unfortunately, they didn't get the direction from God in terms of what counsel to give him. And I don't know that Job was at the place where he was ready to receive that counsel. So, um, you know, just the presence. Uh, how many times have we been to funerals and uh, or, or, or the the visitation before the funeral? And there are people that come and they just sit there for an hour, for two hours. That speaks volumes to those that are grieving because they're just showing that they care, that they love them. And that they want to be there for them Mm -hmm. without offering counsel so so with trauma there's kind of two stages in in my uh opinion is the first thing i i have to show the person that i that i care enough to listen and do my best to understand the situation so that i can quote unquote diagnose the problem before i start offering them help and and i think that's that's an essential uh, piece of dealing with trauma yeah
1: it's uh, again we tell people so starting out now with our with our camps and training sessions and things of that nature we ground zero now just start now is mm-hmm. what you knowing that your trauma is you got to know what your trauma is and you you know what your triggers are you know what to seek god for and sadly in this world dan there are so many people that suffer from complex ptsd it seems like folks who are going to be susceptible to the knuckleheads of this world are always susceptible to the knuckleheads of this world, if that makes sense. And there's multiple
2: cases. Yeah. Doug, even though it may be complex, it's not complex to God. Right. Right.
1: But knowing that trauma really helps, helps you zero in on God's word and how it can help you or knowing the trauma is trauma. And that, that's what I was saying. No, that's a good example. We got to know. And, and sometimes we, It's almost like we isolate things from ourselves, like we're trying to, if we hide this, you know, nobody will know, the army won't know, my uh, spouse Mm. won't know, people won't know, and things of that nature. But boy, there's victory. Uh, There's great victory that comes in God's people, uh, biblical counsel, and hanging with one another, talking to one another. And I'm not saying getting up in front of the whole group and letting it go, you know. I always. Uh, I'm talking about in an isolated situation like that. But anyway, that's perfect. I think trauma um, is more than adequately covered here. And, folks, we need to really uh, be putting ourselves in a situation where we know our traumas. And there's another reason for knowing our traumas, too, so that it doesn't happen again. And uh, that's, you know, another very important reason. What is it? A prudent man foreseeth evil, you know, and, uh, and, and flees from it. And uh, we want to mm. be prudent in those areas as well. So we find ourselves in the 27th proverb here, Dan, and uh, uh, go ahead. And we just decided to go ahead and just put these three verses together right in the beginning and look at them. They kind of complement each other. And we'll start these before going to commercial break, see how far we get. It says, boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. And uh, let another man praise thee, and not thine own mouth, a stranger, and not thine own lips. A stone is heavy, and sand weighty, but a fool's wrath is heavier than them both. Wow, it's Mm -hmm. talking a lot of, you know, right, right out of this thing, you know, right where it starts, it says, you know, don't be boasting about tomorrow and what's going to happen. We just don't know. Uh, I mean, tomorrow can be changed in a second. We've all seen that. I personally counseled people who've went to bed with the most healthy uh, husband or wife in the entire world, and the next day they're gone. Uh, I've known people who've been through all these things, but God is in control of tomorrow. We don't know what tomorrow's going to hold. We need to be humble about it. We need to trust God about it. Um, now, this isn't ruling out, you know, as I looked at this, I made this note in my Bible. This isn't, you know, this isn't ruling out planning for tomorrow, setting a few bucks aside for tomorrow, being ready for your retirement, uh, setting some, self aside, uh, some stuff aside to paint your home, setting some stuff aside to pay for your kids to go to college, setting some stuff aside to uh, go on your vacation or anything like that. But God can soon alter things. He can soon change things. And uh, I think it's, you know, I've found in my life some of the greatest blessings are I don't know what's coming tomorrow. I mean, if somebody would have said to me, Uh, in 2003 that I'd be on a podcast in 2022 uh, talking to thousands of you about what God can do in our lives. There'd be a TV show that I'd be in the ministry. I'd tell them you cannot smoke pot while a member of the United States Army. It's unacceptable. (laughs) You can't do that. Folks, let us go to a commercial. We'll come right back and see what Dan thinks about that first verse and uh, hang with us. We're back with you Dan looking at that first verse there in 27 boast not thyself of tomorrow for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth.
2: Well I, I really agree with what you said these, these verses are not saying don't plan right. don't uh, don't give thought uh, for for uh, things that are, are coming down the road. but what really stands out to me in these three verses, is the idea of of self-love uh and in our culture today everything is about self it is Uh, and i've actually i've kind of conditioned myself uh that anytime i see a hyphenated word that begins with self uh, i immediately think this is not from god because god doesn't want us to be focused on ourselves In, in fact many people that i've counseled uh in the past that are struggling with ptsd for instance if i can get them to get the focus off of themselves and serving perhaps someplace in the ministry helping others um i mean you're doing that very thing doug with with your ministry wounded spirits it's you're putting the focus on others that's what's pleasing to god um this life is not about dan burke this this Life is not about, uh, you know, what what's in it for me and and, and what's important for me. But my, my focus needs to be on God. And it, it's just like the basis of biblical counseling is not on what I have to offer people, but what God has to offer people. Yeah, let and another so, man
1: praise you. Yeah, that's yeah. right.
2: And, and, and that yeah, second,
1: that's, that's exactly where you're going with that. I don't have to go around and, and pump myself up. Right. You know, I don't have to, uh, you know, one of the hard things that anybody who accepts support from churches or individuals and things of that nature, one of the toughest things is to, you know, we don't, we have to put down facts, but we certainly don't have to praise ourselves because there's not a lot to praise in me. And, mm. uh, and, and I think, and, and, you know, Dan, just hitting what you were talking, I want you to talk really, as you wrap up these three verses, that stone is real heavy. And, you know, we know that sand (laughs) is—you ever try to pick up a sandbag? Let me tell you about that sometimes. (laughs) I filled hundreds, if not thousands, in the Army. But God's saying, a fool's wrath is heavier than
2: all this. Mm -hmm. So it's
1: when you swallow all these things about self, right?
2: Right, right. You know, we we hear these things uh, about—phrases that I love that are so anti-biblical are phrases like, Self-love. You have to love yourself before you can love others. Yeah. Or you have to forgive yourself.
1: Oh, I hate that. Yeah. Uh,
2: before, yeah. If you really understand biblical forgiveness, it's impossible to forgive yourself. Yeah. God has to. It's it's the forgiveness of God and the forgiveness of others that we have offended that we need to seek. We don't. We don't forgive ourselves. We don't love ourselves. Um, you know. Uh, it says, humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, and what will God do? Hmm. He'll lift you up. Yeah. And, and, and so we need to, that's why we need the wisdom of God's word and not the wisdom of the world. Yeah. Because God's word works. Ain't that the truth? And,
1: and, and, you know, there I am using a word like, I probably never used that in my entire life on a broadcast, but it is the truth. We need the wisdom of God. We need, you know, God's image of us, God's feelings of us, God's, uh, you know, our worth it's not based upon what our job is. It's not based upon our riches. It's not based upon our marriage. It's not based upon the house we live in. If that That's be the good. case, why would why would Joseph, why would God say Joseph's a prosperous man? Somebody who doesn't even own his own body. Uh, <laughs> you know, He doesn't own anything. I mean, getting there, save the clothes on his back, which wasn't much because they had just taken his coat of many colors from him. And in the midst of all that craziness, in the midst of all that, weirdness, God says, you know what? Joseph was a prosperous person and (laughs) far too often we're looking for prosperity. We're looking for uh, so many things in our life that um, really don't matter to God that much or or not at all. We need to be looking for what God approves, what God Uh, wants from us and if we do those some of the happiest people I know and by the way some of the most successful people I've ever met in my life are those people who really weren't hung up with all the hype and uh, they're just not caught in that Mm -hmm. I got got to know George W. Bush a little bit when he was a I think he was the president of the Texas Rangers and majority owner or something like that when I met him during the inaugural committees and during some things leading up to that. And I can remember him sitting on the corner of my desk. And if there was ever a man who things bounced off of, it it was him. I'm not saying he was a great president. I'm not going down any of those roads, but I'm just saying he had this ability to just, you know, I'm a born again Christian. This is who I am. This is where I am. I'm moving forward. Mm. And uh, if we could find the, the time in our life to, and let me just say this, going back to what Dan had said a moment ago, and I know we're talking circles, this is ADHD, the OCD, and the D-U-M-B <laughs> here. But I want to go back something you said about forgiving yourself and the hooey that's involved. Symbol- you didn't use the word hooey. I did. It's Hooey's too little of a word, I think, but we all understand that. But uh, I heard a preacher one time, he put out on Facebook, I'm preaching a message on forgiving yourself tonight. And I immediately sent him a Facebook message and said, brother, That's impossible. Mm-hmm. And, uh, oh, no, when he quoted a couple of verses, you want to talk about a straw man? I mean, you, I mean <laughs> his hermeneutics uh, was found in a comic book or something. But I just thought about what challenged me more than anything else is he was standing up in front of 100-something people, and he was telling them they can forgive themselves. If we could forgive ourselves, Dan, if we could change our self-image, if we could change our self-worth, if we could change our self-value, then we don't need God. That's right. Uh, right. We can't forgive ourselves. We can't change those things. It's God worth, God value, God esteem. And knowing what God, he loved us so much that he gave his only begotten son. He loved us that much. We've been bought with a price. And, and friends, if those words don't spark something inside you, you need to make sure that you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior because right. you have been bought with a price. So you're sitting down with someone, Dan, you're in that situation and you're trying to help somebody who's in front of you who has no worth of themselves no value of themselves and these are the same people that make mistake after mistake dan i i mean i've counseled them you've counseled them and trying to get people to grasp this concept or this real the reality not even a concept the reality that god's got them i mean where do you start with that
2: well you know the the word the world pardon me uses the word narcissism yeah. Uh, that's not a biblical word, but, but certainly the, the concept is found in scripture. And yeah. that is that everything revolves around me. It's yeah. all about me. And, um, one of the things that the longer I walk with the Lord, one of the things that I learned more and more is God says, uh, you know, without me, you can do nothing. And what does he mean by that? He means that I can't do anything without him. Anything of value, and and when I can finally start getting that through my thick head, that it it isn't about me, it's about him. Uh, then he can start using me, and that then you have the opposite of without me you can't you can do nothing, and you have Philippians four thirteen that says I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. So, um, I, I will counsel people and work with them. Obviously, not you know two-minute speech, but uh, over time to help them understand that you can accomplish great things in your life as you humble yourself and surrender and submit to God's authority and the leading of the Holy Spirit. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I, and I think, I think let me put it to you this way, in, in a way that I think is practical to me, and uh, what you just said is right on, spot on. Uh, so, for instance, I have three I had three sisters, one of my sisters in heaven I still have her she's just she's already experienced a heavenly reward and these three my three sisters married the biggest losers you, i mean you could ever point your finger at I mean, <laughs> okay I mean if you wanted to if you looked up the dictionary the word loser, there's a picture of these three people you know my oldest sister, the only thing she had common with her her husband was they were both unemployed you know the next one down i mean there was just nothing there and yet. All these sisters, the men they went for coming out of this, were equally losers. So, how does that cycle get broken? How do we? And then the excuse they would always give me is, well, look at me, I have nothing going for me. I mean, how do we break the cycle?
2: Well, Doug, at the risk of sounding oversimplistic, um, the very first thing a person has to do is establish uh, a relationship with Jesus Christ through salvation. Um, If if an unsaved person comes to me for counsel, the first thing I tell them is, I'm very limited in my ability to help you because without the Holy Spirit dwelling within your spirit, which happens the day that you trust Christ as Savior, without the Holy Spirit indwelling you, then God's word is going to fall empty on your life. Um, You have to first come the point where you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. It it all really begins with Genesis (laughs) 1-1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. If you don't believe that and believe that God's Word is truth, then there's little I can do. And I've told people before that, uh, you know, I want to share with you who Jesus is and what he's done for you, but if you choose not to accept that, then god bless you but i really can't be of much help with you
1: now we can't or for you we, we can't get there without the helper and uh hey folks we sure do love you man it seems like these podcasts just go by quicker every time thank you for coming out and being part of this community uh we certainly are praying that you have a wonderful day today and hey as you go out today with that smile that only god can give you may god bless you we'll talk with you again real soon bye-bye